Good morning, and welcome to the Donuts and Divorce podcast, where in the early morning hours, fueled with some strong coffee and donuts, we tackle the hard topics about families going through a separation or divorce. I'm Dorothy O'Neill, your host. I'm a partner and founding member of BOK Law and Mediation Services, located in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where I practice in the field of family law. I also serve as a neutral mediator in divorce and separation cases, and I'm a trained collaborative divorce practitioner, which means I can offer a unique divorce process used to settle cases outside of court, listening to the specific needs of the family. Today's topic is the online mediation movement. And I know I've taken a little bit of a slight hiatus in uh, publishing some podcast episodes, and there is a reason for that. I think my last episode was published a couple months ago, but within the last couple of months, I have been attending some really incredible training, particularly focused in revamping my work as an online family law mediator and the program that I offer as a mediator. Um, so to give you a little bit of background. Um, when COVID hit in March of 2020, I was seven months pregnant. And so um, I was around a little bit for the craziness of COVID and everybody turning to Zoom and online platforms to continue their work in the family law arena. Uh, but then I went on maternity leave for three months. So uh, I was a little bit delayed by the time I came back from maternity leave. Everybody kind of had um, their process in place to handle online cases. And so I found myself kind of a little bit delayed in coming up with my own policies and procedures to implement an online mediation platform for my clients. Um, At that time, I still had concerns about the connection of online versus in-person. I thought there was more uh, available with that in-person mediation option, building that rapport with clients and, you know, what work could be done in person at the table together. So it took me a little bit of time and I started doing some online mediations and started kind of building my confidence in that arena. And I started to embrace it a little bit more. And then the next thing I found was Zoom fatigue, right? And I think we all felt that at some point, you know, either during COVID or shortly thereafter where, God, not another Zoom meeting, right? Um, So I was interested in figuring out how to overcome that hurdle um, because I did see the value in online mediation, but I, I also understood that people might be a little bit sick of the online meetings. So that's where I kind of thrust myself into researching and getting additional training on how to make my mediation program better, which is what I've been doing for the last couple of months. Um, and what I found is that I was able to make it more efficient, um, easier to navigate. And so I'm really, really excited uh, to share how I've revamped my mediation program with you and give you a little bit more information about what's going on even nationwide with this online mediation movement. Um, Some of the training that I did was through the Academy of Professional Family Mediators, which is a nationwide academy that I joined. And 
gosh, it put me in touch with people who are just killing it in the online mediation world. Um, people in Arizona and California and Georgia and Illinois and Massachusetts that are just like paving the way. Um, and what I have found is some of these professionals are actually only doing virtual mediations at this point, that they're only doing online mediations and they've made their career out of that. And that was really interesting to me. That's not necessarily something that I want to do completely. I still like the idea and the option to do in-person mediations, but I certainly want to offer a better, more succinct online mediation practice. So I did this training the last couple of months and I've revamped my program um, and I'm really excited about it. But before we get into why this online mediation movement is taking off and the benefits of it, I wanted to give you a little bit of a reminder as to what mediation is. I know that can get confusing with all the terms that are thrown out there, what's collaborative versus what's mediation. They are very two distinct um, processes that you can choose to finalize your divorce case, but focusing just on mediation. And I did do a podcast episode um, back in, I think it was July of 21, um, outlining what mediation is, what it means. And that's that's definitely a more detailed episode. So if you want to dive a little bit more into what mediation is, that would be a good podcast episode to reference. Um, but basically what mediation is, the definition of it is the amicable resolution of a legal conflict, including separation or divorce, where the parties involved hire an entirely neutral mediator who assists the parties in reaching a mutually acceptable settlement of the party's divorce, custody, and or support matters outside of court to avoid the cost and apprehension of going to court. So in summary, basically what it means is two parties come together and they're like, okay, we're going to do mediation. We're going to hire one individual professional who's going to be our mediator. And so we're going to meet with this person outside of court for a number of sessions until we can finally resolve all of our issues involved in our divorce action. So that's it in a nutshell. Most of the mediation cases that I do do not involve attorneys also being in the room. I've just found um, parties like the idea of just meeting with me as an individual as opposed to having the attorneys there as well. That's not to say that I wouldn't welcome the attorneys to come into the room if that's something that the parties wanted. Um, I've just found that, and I give them the option that they they really don't want their attorneys in the room while we're having these discussions. And sometimes they have attorneys and sometimes they don't. Some um, feel more comfortable about having a, a consulting attorney where um, they just can pick up the phone and contact the attorney and ask questions um, and use that information to then come to the table and discuss it uh, as a whole with me and the other side. Um, so that's an option as well. I don't want to ever deter somebody from getting an attorney at all. I just think with my mediation practice, uh, what I've seen mostly is uh, people coming to the table as individuals. So you really do have to feel comfortable coming to the table to be able to make some decisions eventually at the table. Um, so if that's not comfortable to you, then certainly you might want to think of other options like collaborative, um, you know, instead of, you know, going to court even. Um, but that's that's mediation in a nutshell. So we're dealing with one professional mediator in the room with the parties, giving them the list of the decisions they have to make as part of the divorce process, helping them get through those decisions and um, and reaching a final resolution on your divorce matters. And the the why of why online mediation, I believe, is working so well still 
um, and in the training that I've done is it really comes down to several aspects, which I'm calling the, the four C's and the E. Um, and the four C's are communication, convenience, comfort, and cost. Um, and the E is efficiency. So on the communication side of it, again, a lot of our communication is through body movements and facial expression, kind of like the nonverbal. Um, only then is it followed by your actual voice and your speech. And then the smallest part of communication is actually your words and your message. So remember that even when you're communicating, think about it with your spouse, with your children, whomever it may be, um, those nonverbal cues are often far more important than your actual message. Um, so with online mediation, you know, via Zoom or whatever platform a mediator may be using, all of that body movement, facial expression, voice, intonation, all of that is still there. Um, because we are, you know, on a screen and you can amplify your screen so you're really focused in on people's faces or, you know, make it larger, however you need to do it. Um, but with the new technology that's available, you really can amplify that communication. Um, with the training I've taken, I have focused on creating those connections that you would still normally get as an in-person mediation online, um, taking the time to to watch and observe people's reactions, um, making note of it, having a conversation about it, to really make sure that whatever would be happening in person during a mediation is still happening online. So that communication is still there. And like I said, it can be amplified. I mean, the voice that we use, I you can see if you're watching the video that I'm doing right now, using a headset, a microphone, um, good speakers, good cameras, all of that is what I've learned that can really amplify this process to make it easier so that the participants can really hear me, can really see me, um, and I can also really see them and hear them. Um, so it's still there. That communication is still a big part of it, and it's still there on, on with online mediation. The next C is convenience, and I think that kind of speaks for itself. I mean, the reality is, is when you're doing something online or virtual, you're getting time back in your day. Uh, no longer would you have to, you know, take a half day off for a two-hour mediation training because, or I'm sorry, a two-hour mediation because you have to, you know, drive to wherever the attorney's office might be. So you're avoiding commutes. You're avoiding the cost of gas. You're avoiding parking fees if there are some. Um, the convenience that I also see with doing online mediation is, you know, my footprint area is Western Pennsylvania. And my, the office that I work out of is in Pittsburgh. I happen to live in Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania. Um, so my footprint, footprint is a little bit limited to this area if we would be doing any type of in-person mediation. I'm originally from Clarion County. So a lot of times people wouldn't want to drive to Pittsburgh to do an in-person mediation. But now with online mediation, it is certainly possible to, to have clients or participants in the mediation process that are in counties throughout Pennsylvania because I am licensed to practice all over Pennsylvania. I've even gotten referrals for potential participants in Phil the Philadelphia area. And again, somewhat declined those cases because it didn't make sense geographically. Um, but now certainly with online mediation, um, that's 
absolutely an option to finalize a divorce case even virtually by by doing this online mediation. So it definitely expands the footprint. It makes it far more convenient for participants because they can, you know, maybe take a two-hour break from work where they can get involved in the mediation or, um, you know, they certainly don't have to drive anywhere, which again is a biggie. The next C is comfort. And to me, this was really an interesting part of the training that I've received in the last couple of months. I mean, I've always acknowledged that there's definitely a fear involved, even when you're doing mediation. It may not be to the level of actually going to court and having to testify and have a judge decide your case, but there's still fear there. And in my in-person mediations, I always, always strive to create a comfortable environment so that we can kind of alleviate some of that fear. But there's really something to being in the comfort of your own home when you're doing these online mediations. Maybe, you know, having your favorite or normal cup of coffee nearby, or maybe sitting in a comfortable chair um, that's yours, or maybe having your pets nearby. Um, we often sometimes build in breaks in mediation, so maybe it feels good to be in your normal environment during those breaks that you can kind of retreat to and just take a breath. So there's really an important aspect um, to, of comfort in these online mediation practices to making sure that people feel more comfortable so they can focus on the issues at hand. Because what I found, and I'm certainly not a psychologist, but um, from the training and research that I have been doing, our brains just don't function as well when they're on high alert because they're they're almost in panic mode, right? So your body is focusing on calming yourself down as opposed to focusing on the issues at hand. Um, so I really do try to, you know, help create that comfortable environment with in-person as well. But when you're doing online mediation, it's almost automatic because you're usually in a place that you feel comfortable anyway. Um, and, you know, it's to say, can you imagine what it would feel like to go to court when you're completely out of your comfort level? You're expected to testify in front of strangers, in front of somebody who's deciding your case. Can you imagine what your brain is going through then, you know, as opposed to maybe sitting in your home, knowing that you're going into a two-hour mediation session that you're prepared for, but you're at least in the comfort of your own home. I think that's a, a big game changer for these online mediation practices. Um, the other, Another and final C is the cost. And certainly this is something that I've talked about before that, um, you know, when you're only paying for the mediator to be in the room and not necessarily your respective attorneys or any attorneys, it's going to be a little bit of a, a cheaper option, probably a lot of a cheaper option. Um, certainly cheaper than going through the court system. So um, that's something that is very appealing to people, I believe, um, who are looking to do online mediation, not only cheaper for the professional fees, but again, cheaper because you're not having to drive as much. You're not having to pay for parking. You're not having to take a full day off of work necessarily. Um, so cost is a big um, positive factor of online mediation. So those were the four C's. The E that I talked about earlier was efficiency. And again, I've spent the last couple of months really revamping my mediation process so that it's streamlined. I've implemented new technology to make the flow even more efficient. Um, and that's not to say you do not have to be tech savvy to do this work. I promise you that. And I promise you that I am not a tech savvy person at all. But different little tips and tricks here that I've learned um, 
implementing to, to make it so that the online mediation process is definitely smoother and considering literally every tech issue that could potentially go wrong and how to bounce back if it does. And that is one thing that you will learn uh, in doing the, the online mediation process is there's probably going to be a tech issue at some point. Uh, that's something we certainly can't control, but I have built in processes that if it does happen, here's what you do. Um, I've revamped how to exchange financial information to make it easier for the parties involved so that they can each, you know, give that information, download that information and have access to that information. I've revamped how to organize it for the parties and review it. Um, and how to even develop options for settlement together. I've kind of come up with some new ways to do that. So it's really been fun and exciting for me. Um, and, and I'm excited to share this practice with you. It's still as efficient as it was and as much as you still can sign agreements remotely um, to have it efficiently executed. Um, and so it's all still there. It's just making it easier. And so... I'm really interested in getting feedback on this uh, revamped process. I'm hoping some of the, the parties that I have involved in it now will be able to give feedback, but um, I'm excited to share this with you. Know that this there very much is an online mediation movement. Um, we're just starting to see little bits of it here and there, here and there in Pennsylvania, but certainly other states are just like spearheading this movement. And it really is exciting. I think this is really going to be a welcome change for parties who don't necessarily want to take time off of their their entire day to do this, but acknowledging that it is still very important and we still have to create an environment that works to, to reach these resolutions. Thank you for listening to the Donuts and Divorce podcast. If you have a question or comment, please feel free to email me your feedback at doneal at boklawfirm.com. I do make every attempt to read everything, but I can't necessarily respond directly to you. I may use your questions and comments as inspiration for new shows. Remember that the Donuts and Divorce podcast is intended as a general reference and is considered general advertising. Any listener should check for changes in any applicable laws and should consult with an attorney on any legal issue. No attorney-client relationship is formed by listening or participating in this podcast. The information provided does not constitute legal advice and any thoughts or commentary by the podcasting lawyers is provided as a service to the community and does not constitute solicitation or legal advice. Any information provided is on an as-is basis and the lawyer and law firm make no warranties and disclaims all liabilities for damages resulting from its use. Nothing provided in the podcast should be considered a substitute for advice of competent legal counsel. And in the event the podcast receives emails about the subject matter, no attorney-client relationship is created via that email communication. Thank you. Thank you.